All right. Well, thanks for sticking around. We're going to jump into Q&A with or without Bruce, because, you know, who needs him, really? I can finally give you my thoughts. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and throw the number up on the screen, 360-447-8474. Uh, and then just, yeah, go ahead and text in anything and everything that you want him to answer for. So. We'll really do this without Bruce. We don't really need him. If you guys have any questions, I would love to field them <laughs> in his stead. And I'll even do a Bruce impression. That's a promise I make to you. Um, good, good stuff this morning. Lots of fun. Uh, I, think, I think it's something that we all needed to hear. I know I need to hear a great many things, <laughs> like uh, where, where Bruce is at. But aside from that, um, uh, I think that this has been a wonderful take on a very delicate and difficult subject, you know, like the, what the circumcision and the promise and the seal and the covenant and all that means in very friendly, uh, wonderful terms. I also, Bruce, I should say up front, I also couldn't help but snicker each time at the picture of Abraham's just <laughs> the most awful circumcision ever performed. It's just this, wow, jagged old, you know, rusty I, knife. And then even him, it's so funny because I just needed an iconic picture. I'm doing this little mini, yeah. not really a series, but we're covering this circumcision group, you know, yep. that said you got it, which is really about legalism. Right. That's what it's about. And uh, Paul finally silences them with this incredibly brilliant argument straight from God, but from the Old Testament, from Abraham, calling him the father of all of us. And so right. I knew yeah. I needed an iconic picture of Abraham, and it all kind of leads to that moment. And I thought, hey, that's, a, that's a safe picture. You know, <laughs> yeah. the dad wielding a huge knife over the sun yeah, laying down on, all a, know what's on going an operating on table. Yeah, yeah. You just so, can't say circumcision in the same five seconds Apparently. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah, talk about a mic drop. Uh, <laughs> uh, first off, I have to say, I, I think we have a couple of these. Can we get Michael's cousin back and make him never leave? Wow. Oh, Caleb, I, Caleb, you hearing that? I, we got I people hear, texting in. I, I'd we... buy his record, they say. So, uh, yeah. They don't want to let you go. That's right. So somebody break his legs. Make him stay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way. You heard the old saying, you'll break a leg. <laughs> That's right. Literally we'll get both. Cuz, uh, oh, although I think we do have to call him Cuz. Because ever I mean, since, that's right, yeah. ever since uh, the Jungle Book, you know, with King Louis, hey, Cuz. That's just, right. That's right. I love the, the nickname Cuz. Um, thank you for your kind words at the beginning. I didn't know you were going to say any of that. And as no, because you wouldn't and let as me. as untrue as it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. No, it's true. Appreciate I think, it. I think um, right now, as everything's, we're kind of coming back out of our holes and everything, I just realized, like, we've all kind of, especially me, become way too comfortable with just business as usual. The hibernation. And, and we are not in a business as usual business mm -hmm. here in the church. That is not what we're doing. We're breaking things open. So I'm like, boy, oh boy, I just needed that reminder. So I hope, I hope you did too. But yes, couldn't so, do it without you, brother. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. Love you. I love you. Good guy. Good I guy. Really um, just for fun, to see how many shares that came out to. We did the math on your Krispy Kreme investment. 12,000 divided by 18 is 666.666 shares. Sounds about right. That's a possible sign you should yeah, have caught. Sounds yes, sounds about right, because it was the <laughs> devil behind the whole thing, I think. That's right. And they also say the cousins were a great blessing this morning. Yeah. Um, okay. I, that, 
that is one of the, <laughs> the biggest financial regrets of my life is that I was on the phone. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you know how they say you can never buy it at, at the lowest, you can never sell it at the highest? Uh -huh. Well, it turns out I bought it at the lowest. <laughs> now, it did go lower later. Right, right, but, right. But I, I came home, they just introduced, it's like, well, I can't, you can't get I'll any more. So that's yeah. why I thought it's a, it's a no-lose. Well, if I had said yes, I would have been one of the, the, the rarest of investors. And for my first one, and having no knowledge whatsoever, if I had said, you know, do you want to sell at market? I called to sell. And she <laughs> says, do you want to sell at market? If I had said yes, yes. I would have sold it at, to the penny, the, the highest. The peak. The moment it your, was at its highest. Your intuition was there. That little No, that tickle. was Char. That was Char. That's, Char's intuition was there. So it's not a listen to your heart. It's a listen to your wife. To your spouse. I mean, God okay. does that all the time, that's especially with those guys. Guy. All right, that's good. Speaks good through for the her. spouse. Does she hold it over you? Does she ever use that again? No, be like, because you know. she's wonderful. <laughs> no, she's, I'm the icky person. Yeah, yeah. She's wonderful. Oh, man. She's probably preaching a sermon somewhere else. The, she should be. <laughs> the inverse yeah. of this guy who this called This guy up. called me, and I said, oh, you know, why wouldn't you? Oh, man, that's, that's funny. Um, okay. If, here's a question. If your fruit is usually good, but you mess up and produce bad fruit a few times, does that spoil your tree? No. Or is your tree determined good or bad by the overall fruit the, that you produce by the end of your life? Not even that. Don't go that far because then it looks like we weigh it out on the scales and you don't. But understand my thinking about uh, parables, which I like to call comparables. Yeah. Uh, we have this kind of an ignorant little kid perspective that Jesus came to earth, you know, being God and the creator and all, and then looked around and saw what there was to work with and went, well, I guess I can use fruit as a parable and I can use, right. you know, trees and wheat. No. Back it up to the moment of creation when he knew full truth of everything and wisdom, you know, beyond infinite wisdom and what he was going to do and what he would need to explain. And using that, he created what would be the perfect examples for him right. to use. So you don't see Jesus going, hey, a fruit tree, I could, oh, I could twist that a bit and use it for, yeah. and I hear this a lot with, oh, don't press a parable too far. Do press them, but don't press them in the wrong direction. Yeah. Because I can almost guarantee that every time I've actually, you know, pressed a parable, well, that doesn't make sense then. Okay, find another way to see it. Find, look into more about wheat or look into more. Yeah. Oh my goodness, did you know that, you know, and it always right. ends up that it's a perfect example. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, yeah. surprise. So, uh, with that caution of be careful you don't twist the parable or the, the example, mm -hmm. uh, with that caution in place, I say, if Jesus uses trees and fruit as an example, you can bet those trees and fruit were created for that example. Right. So then, let's just talk about what we know about trees. If you have an apple tree at home and it's good and you yeah. like apple pie and you like the apples that come off of it and every once in a while you go out and there's one with a worm in it. You go, well, cut that tree down. Right, right, you know, right. One falls off and it's, got, it's bruised, it's rotten, it's, got a, it's a bad year, it's got blight. Yeah. You don't say, the tree's, the tree's right. bad, the tree's bad, it's turned into a thorn bush. I hate apples now, I guess. Now, if it stopped producing, you'd say, something needs to happen, this thing needs a kick it with, yeah, does it need fertilizer, it does it need watered, uh -huh. you know, Jesus uses all that analogy. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, or if it's got just a little bit of fruit, you know, it's like, oh, we need to do some pruning. You know, he talks about those examples mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's just dead, it's dead. It's not a good or a bad tree, it's a dead tree. Right, right. And so, um, and, and I don't like when it says a good tree and a bad tree there. Oh, would you like a different Bible? Uh, yes. Would, okay. I would like one that's a little more literal because the word for tree there is also just wood. And it can work for any plant. Oh. And since he just said briars and thorns and plums or uh, uh, figs and, and uh, cherries, I don't know, what was the other one? Figs and the other sweet thing. Grapes. Grapes. Grapes is a vine, it's not a tree. Right, right. Thorns and, and uh, those are vines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that same word for tree is used when they're talking about uh, thorns, but then they translate it vine or wood. The oh, wood of a vine. And you go, well, you wouldn't say the tree of a vine. Right, but, right. And since, it's a, since he's saying it right there, right. don't good, say tree. That's a good point. And so, you know, you don't take uh, figs off a vine or grapes of a vine off a briar vine. Right. Um, uh, no, uh, uh, a good plant, from, and I'll bet you there's Bibles out there with that. A good plant produces good, yeah, bad, yeah, yeah, produces yeah. bad. And so you just got to look and go, what, what plant am I? Right. And you can kind of tell by what comes out the mouth. <laughs> you can totally and tell. And so if, you're, <laughs> yeah. if you believe that you are a believer, yeah. but there's no fruit evidence of the fruit, go back to the root, <laughs> the root of an the An apple tree that's sitting there going, hey, I'm the best apple tree. They go, great, can I have an apple? And they go, No, I only on, produce I barbed, sharp <laughs> pointers. Yeah. You're not an apple tree, dude. <laughs> that's just how that goes. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you. And, and that's only for the purpose of people, you know, assessing themselves or when you need to verify authenticity, you know, yeah. you look at it. It's not for condemning and it's not for judging that, that way. So... And, and any living tree, like you said, is like you can, it, you can prune, fertilize, it can change. It doesn't mean that it's game over if your fruit's not pie-worthy. Yeah. It's only when there's no fruit. We have an Italian plum in our backyard, a little tree, and it just, it, we didn't tend to it, and it would just produce like a half dozen plants. Like, this thing just doesn't grow plums. And so then when you're the, you know what, I'm going to do what people do when they have fruit trees. So I went out and I read up on it and I pruned it way back and all. And then I went down and I bought these fruit spikes, fertilizing things, and you go around the drip edge and you take and you pound them in, and then we watered it. <laughs> and guess what? Guess what happened? Surprise. We were blown away. Yeah. We, it just... It was so full that the branch was just hanging down to the ground. Yeah. Like, I'll bet God created that kind <laughs> of a tree right. so he could do that kind of a comparable. Yeah, surprise, surprise. So you're just, you know, you either are a good tree or a prickly, thorny <laughs> briar. Right. And uh, first you just want to make sure you're a good tree, giving your life to Christ, surrendered to him. Then you can talk about the fruit and why is it not growing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I, it is one of the greatest. It's one of those analogies I feel like I actually, I got my Get. brain around enough. I know I'm missing so much of it because, like you said, every little iota of things you can learn about a tree in the world and in the Bible, I'm sure, stand for something perfect. But basically, keep it alive, water it, you know, help it grow, and then enjoy the fruit.
Um, okay, brought a friend to church. They asked me, doesn't the Bible strictly forbid bodily mutilation? And isn't that what circumcision is? Um, no, it does not forbid bodily mutilation. And uh, no, that's not strictly what it is. So where do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Paul, assuming... calls it, Paul calls it mutilation of the flesh. You mutilators of the flesh. If you're doing it, to earn uh, salvation or as part of a legal transaction of salvation. If you're anything legalistically you're doing, he, he then says, well, now you're just mutilate, you're just cutting up the flesh. Right. Um, where the Bible talks about like restrictions of tattooing or mutilating um, or bringing a tree into the house, you know, Christmas, uh, all of those <laughs> that are forbidden in the Bible are very, very explicit and clear in their context. It's for the purpose of worshiping them or worshiping another god. And so they cut themselves to worship. And you go, well, then it says don't mutilate yourself to worship those gods because then, I mean, you can go to, I think it's Kings or Chronicles or maybe it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel, I don't know. But uh, where they're talking about the big breakdown of the final breakdown of Jerusalem before Nebuchadnezzar takes them. And these righteous people come from Samaria and they've cut themselves right. and in repentance. And it's like, and it doesn't say, and that was sure bad, you know, so. Right, right. And it also doesn't say, so do that. Well, the whole point of all of this the, that you've been making along with Paul is that it's, that doesn't mean anything. It's all the heart with which you do it. It's what are you espousing right. in doing any of these things? And yeah, so this thing is a great sign and seal if that's what you're doing it for. If it's anything other than that, yeah. then I mean, that's kind of the wrong. message, the message of the gospels in the New Testament that just turns the old, uh, the law on its head is when, you know, uh, uh, Jesus basically says that all foods are clean as long as you right. uh, have a thankful heart when you eat them. And it's like, but wait, but I thought it was, uh, and then, oh yeah, and if you just have uh, less in your heart, well, you've broken that commandment for adultery. Well, wait, and that's really hard. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, if you have hate, then you've, you're a murderer. That's the same. And, but, but what? Oh, but you can eat meat sacrificed to an idol as long as you don't think it's a real idol because it's not, who cares? It's like, wait, are you really? <laughs> but I thought, I thought it was that he's like, no. Are, yeah, are you really? Is, you still, no matter what, this is down See, here. See, people that don't have that mind of Christ in there, in their heart, it's, if you're still looking at rule keeping, it's like, well, which is it? Is it the extreme or is it the total liberal? And, and he goes, neither. It's just your heart. See, I'm, the whole thing makes sense in yeah. your heart. If you're sinning in your heart, that's sin. And if you're not sinning, it's not. You know, they very clear the Bible, two things are sin. To know what is wrong and do it anyway. Right. Know what is right and refuse to do it. That's sin. Bing. Bingo. You know, because, <laughs> because Jesus says uh, a couple times, you know, people struggle with this and I don't get why they struggle. Uh, oh, Jerusalem, if I had not come and done the things I've done in your midst, you wouldn't be guilty of sin. It's like, well, they still would have been doing the wrong thing. Yes. Right. But those verses about in the days of past, God look, looked over, looked past their right. sins and right. didn't count them against them. It's like, well, he doesn't do that, does he? Of course he does. It's, it's sins of ignorance. Right. Where there's he's, no law, there's no transgression. Yeah, right? he's not a monster. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> he's yeah. a daddy. Which sometimes feel like monsters if you don't know what he's doing. My, that's, that's I love it. playing monster with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Still, that you messes up that. My comparables now, unlike Jesus's, yeah. break down quickly. Yeah, yeah that's right. 
Um, I think that's about all we got, so I'll give you one last call to sneak in a question if you got one in there. Uh, I'll also tell you personally, again, one of the things that I love that was just kind of a, one of your last points here that I just, something I just want to highlight and say, everybody, we all hear this the same, right? Beware of the trap of the naturally white smile. When you see that natural advantage that you have as something of your own doing. Right. I have to routinely remember this because I'm so beautiful. <laughs> but no, oh. but really, we have every single one of these things, everything that you have that you are proud of, you have this real like inclination to see, yeah. to say, look we what I did. We celebrate that. We give awards I, for I, that. You're the smartest because you must have really done it. You're so pretty because you must have really earned that. We didn't, nobody, we just got the cards that we were dealt. We did what we could do with them, but yeah. boy, we didn't earn those. And it's so hard to keep that humility. So I was those... just, yeah, I was just talking to a couple about uh, some people I know that are, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they might, might as well just be working in the church the way they act, <laughs> except yeah. for the, you know, the little fact that they're unbelievers. You right, know? right, yeah. And I was talking to Shar and I said, how do you get through to somebody that they need Christ when they're that put, when they have, you know, the things of life that oh. put together, when they're, you can't find obvious, dis give me the dysfunctionals. Right, right. Give me, I'm very comfortable around dysfunctional people because we all know we need Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> and we want, have, we want what he has to offer. And you find people that have, that have really done the work of living what is all, whether they know it or not, living a biblical lifestyle, yes, yes. you know, actually following the, the truth, the universal laws that the, they're the, still in their heart, that they're like, I, I'm good to people because and, it's good for some reason. Yeah. And you're like, it is. Yeah. I, I, I don't lie. I got the reason. And uh, I treat others the way I want to be treated. It's like, you know, when you're doing the things and see, that yeah. was the problem the Pharisees had. When you do the things that God says, because the things he says are full of truth and life and functionality, it'll yeah, bring health. health and balance and, and fruit. Well, I shouldn't use that word because we're using it that way. Yeah. Blessing, right. you know, because they're good and they're right and they're true. And you can receive that surface level of blessing, which is why Jesus says, so, I mean, we, would you trade the, the whole world for your soul, you know, or, you know, receive the whole world and, and lose your soul? Well, that's not a good deal. Yeah. But you can receive all of that. Right. And still lose that. And yeah, it's just, it's difficult to. It is. And so, and, and the, it's. The curse of the naturally the white curse, smile. And it's really hard to convince somebody then what you see, you know, so like our disadvantages are likely our advantages. So because I, I see, I am so full of dysfunction, I see the distance to function and my need for it. And it's real hard to tell that to somebody who goes, but I'm doing pretty good. And I go, but you could do a little, there, there's better. There's a, there's still a better. And they go, well, for you, it sure looks like that's true, <laughs> but I don't know about me. Uh, and it's and it is so I'm glad it is one of those things that I think a lot of us who are the hot messes which is most of us uh, it is I routinely try to practice being thankful thank you that I'm not wealthy so that I'm not <laughs> so that I don't have everything thank you I that don't my think I've ever prayed that I have because I prayed so long the other way make me wealthy God you know and I want and I went I know I'm either. wrong I well, can I'll be Bruce <laughs> but I have I've so wanted I've so felt that like I bless everyone, like give me the money, let me be the, and then I just, 
I had that realization. He goes, you're asking to shoot yourself in the foot. You yeah. really, you want yeah. that? That's going to be harder. Right now, you know it. And so. I know. Think about, I was talking to someone between services. I can only imagine that, that God definitely had a hand in that phone call with Krispy Kreme. <laughs> and that that was what he, what I needed. Right. And so I can only imagine what would have happened because in total ignorance, my very first one, I buy it the lowest, I sell it the highest, I make tens of thousands of dollars. What direction would my life have gone? Exactly. How would I have not have been sucked into, well, the, well this is like a money machine. The tone of this story would be a little different. <laughs> and how fast would I have lost it all and maybe more. Right, yeah. So now I got this great analogy and it's wonderfully and it's, humbling. And it's humbling and not another. The other thing, let me tell you about the stock world that I have mastered. You know the scripture that I refused to use this week and it was, I had to hold my desk. What? Because I don't, I really don't like uh, misusing scriptures just for a joke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's the one in the New Testament that says, um, uh, we are of the stock of Abraham <laughs> and therefore have been given salvation. <laughs> oh, the stock. Thank you for your restraint. The stock of Abraham. <laughs> I'd so, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay. Well, I think that's all we got. Okay. Yeah. Good Sunday. Good stuff. Yeah. Love you all. Um, anything else you want to add before I sign us off? Big things coming. Big things coming. Yeah. It's a tease you can believe. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll be here next week. You well, guys... I'm not saying it's going to be next week, but we've we got the whole planning board going. And yeah. one of the reasons that I think your eyes are kind of open is we're looking at what's coming I'm, in the I'm, next few months. I'm and, excited. I'm optimistic. Oh, I, and what I this world, the, just the it's attitude that this whole world is going to take on over the next six months yep. or so as it comes back to life and the opportunities that are going to be here because we are all going to come out of hibernation and find that the world changed. Right. And that people think differently now. We don't exactly know how that's going to manifest, but right. it's a very exciting time we're living in. And we're going to, we'll, we'll never have had such contrast. So many of us, I think, I'm one of these guys, we're just like, can I just sit in my living room for six months? That sounds great. <laughs> and then you got that. And now so many of yeah, us are going to go, you like that? please, can we go outside and do things again? Can we go out into the world and have people and all that? And it just really, to the cynic's heart, it refreshed that need for all of the stuff that's yeah. about to happen. So I'm excited. Okay. Love y'all. Love y'all. We'll see you guys see you next, next week. Sunday.